Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. If you're a loyal listener to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast, you remember four months ago, I took Joe Lenardi from ESPN, his bracketology projections for the 2018 tournament from September, early September, and I filled out the bracket following the exact way the 2017 NCAA tournament finished up. Every game, whatever seed won that game in all four regions, I put them through in Joe Lenardi's bracketology. And if you remember, the final four was number one, Arizona, number one, Kentucky, number three, UNC, and number seven, Virginia Tech taking the place of last year's Cinderella, South Carolina. So we're about halfway through the season and things are starting to shake out. If you watch the West Virginia-Kansas game, you'll see that Kansas has the heart of a champion from last night and won a big comeback win at West Virginia. And you also saw Duke back against the wall, 13 down at Miami, heart of a champion comeback. So you see that the teams that are supposed to be good are starting to really make their mark. And some of the pretenders are starting to slip up a little bit. So this is the perfect time to do another projection, except this time, we won't just go back one year. We'll go back 20 years to 1998, exactly 20 years ago. We're going to take that NCAA tournament, which was a great one, a phenomenal one, and follow through with the wins and the seeding and project it onto the most current bracketology from Joe Lenardi of ESPN, Joey Brackets, if you will, taking his current January 15th bracketology and play it out as per the 1998 NCAA tournament. Let's see who wins. First off, a little history on the 1998 tournament. It was a great tournament, historic, if you will. It was in San Antonio, Texas, which is where this year's tournament is as well. Kentucky won the national title. It was its its second national championship in three seasons. The first one was in 1996 with Rick Pitino, Ron Mercer, that group. Then Pitino left and went to coach the Celtics, and Tubby Smith took over. And Tubby Smith took them to the NCAA championship game the following year, 1997, where they lost to Arizona, Miles Simon and that crew. And then they made it back again this year and won the national title behind Jeff Shepard, who was the most outstanding player. They were called the Comeback Cats. A lot of big comebacks they had to overcome. Double-digit deficits in each of the last three games, including in the championship game. And they came back from a 17-point deficit to Duke in the regional final to win 86-84. You had the number 2 seed Kentucky Wildcats, who won the whole thing. They beat number 3 Stanford in the final four. A great game, 86-85. And number 3 C Utah. That was the year after Keith Van Horn graduated, went on to play for the Nets in the NBA. This is the Michael Doliak, Andre Miller, Hanno Matala team that Rick Majerus got into the finals, doing that old triangle in two. The Wildcats beat them for the national championship, winning that game 78-69. But Utah was leading that game 41-31 at halftime and had a huge lead, as mentioned. But now let's take a look at it. Let's look at the bracketology from January 15th. Nobody does it better than Joe Lenardi. He's the best in the business. Fantastic job updating the brackets. So we'll go through all four of the regions, east, west, midwest, and south. Not only is this perfect because it's in San Antonio, it's also perfect because the brackets match up. The east winner plays the west winner, the midwest plays the south. In the east region, starting in the top bracket, you'd have the Villanova Wildcats defeating either Boston University or Bethune-Cookman. One day a 16 is going to be to one, folks, but it'll be hard to see it against Villanova this year. You would have the eight seed, Florida State Seminoles, in a tough battle with number nine, Rhode Island, but Florida State would come out ahead. Next bracket, you'd have Chalk holding form as number five, Arizona State would defeat Buffalo, and number four, Auburn would beat a Vermont team that would be gritty, gutty, but short Anthony Lamb would be tough to see them overcome the athleticism of Auburn. 
Moving down, you'd have two upsets. You'd have number 11, Alabama, upsetting number 6, Michigan. Colin Sexton, John Petty, Braxton Key, you could see that happening. I don't think that would shock anyone. You could argue Alabama could be favored. It's a very frenetic up and Alabama team. It's won some games that, that were surprises and lost some games that were head scratchers. But you could see it happening. And what would be the biggest upset so far? The number 14 Wright State Raiders out of the Horizon Conference, who are currently 6-0 and in the Horizon, would upset the number three North Carolina Tar Heels, the team that has been in back-to-back championship games, that is the defending national champion, would go out in round one against Wright State. Grant Benzinger and company would take them out. Now, that would be an upset, folks, something that would shock the world. But if you think back in 98, Washington shocked Xavier in the 11-6 game, and Richmond, little Richmond, shocked South Carolina, the 14th seed, defeating the three seed. That's what would happen. Finishing off that bracket would be chalk. The number seven Arkansas Razorbacks would defeat Marquette, get Marcus Howard out of there with his high scoring, their high shooting, Rousey as well. And Texas Tech would defeat Radford. Moving on to the Sweet 16, we would have Villanova moving through beating Florida State. We would have Auburn in a close game against Arizona State moving on. So Villanova versus Auburn would be the Sweet 16 in the East region and the top. On the bottom, Alabama would knock out Wright State and would play Texas Tech in the second round. You can see it, can't you? And then in the Elite Eight matchup, number one Villanova would play number two Texas Tech and number one Villanova would make the final four. You have to learn from history, folks, because it will repeat itself. As crazy as it sounds right now that Wright State would beat North Carolina, would you think Wofford would have beaten them at the beginning of the year? Definitely something that could happen. So our East representative, if you followed the 1998 NCAA tournament 20 years ago, would be the Villanova Wildcats. Moving down to the West region, there'd be a few upsets here, but a little chalky. Pretty chalk, this bracket. Number one, Duke would dispose of Robert Morris. The number nine, St. Mary's Gales would upset Texas A&M, a Texas A&M team that certainly is on the decline right now. Has to try to get it together. Had a lot of injuries, had some suspensions. But the veteran group of St. Mary's would get over that hump and get through Texas A&M. So Duke versus St. Mary's. Next two two sections are chalk. Number five, Arizona would defeat New Mexico State. Number four, Seton Hall would defeat Murray State. On the bottom, number six, TCU would beat that very live playing winner of UCLA or Houston. And number three, Michigan State would take out Iona. The biggest upset here is number 10, Syracuse would beat Creighton. A Creighton team that has guard play. A Creighton team that can shoot it. But Syracuse, with that zone, is always such a problem. Tyus Battle would find a way to lead his team through. And they would face the number two seed, Oklahoma Sooners. Sweet 16, Duke would defeat St. Mary's. Seton Hall would defeat Arizona. Arizona, a preseason Final Four favorite, has struggled to get things together. When they look good, they get on a roll. They just slip up yet again. Seton Hall's senior team, Kevin Willard, Angel Delgado, Desi Rodriguez, Miles Powell, and Kadeen Carrington, the point guard this year, unselfish. They would go into the Sweet 16 against Duke. On the bottom, number three, Michigan State would beat TCU. And number 10, Syracuse would find a way to defeat Oklahoma. That one, folks, could happen. You would think initially, no way, right? Zone, Trey Young, how's that going to happen? That zone causes a lot of problems. And if Trey Young's shot is off, for whatever reason, Syracuse, with their length, can be very disruptive. And Jim Beheim's a great coach. So they would move on to the Sweet 16, leaving our Elite 8 matchup to be Duke would edge out Seton Hall, moving on to the Elite 8, and on the bottom, Michigan State would end the Cinderella trip of Syracuse, setting up a monumental battle between Duke 
and Michigan State. And you would hear all those comments about how Tom Izzo can't beat Mike Krzyzewski. And earlier this year, same thing happened in Michigan State. They lost to Duke early in the season. This time, if 1998 held serve in the West region, the Spartans would get the last laugh on the Duke Blue Devils. And the Spartans would move forward, just like Utah did in that West bracket in 1998. They would move into the Final Four. So your left side of the bracket, Joe Lenardi's 2018 Bracketology, if 1998 Seeds held would be the number one Villanova Wildcats versus the number three Michigan State Spartans. Moving over to the Midwest bracket, first round, Purdue would not be the first number one seed to be upset. They would defeat Jackson State or New Orleans, move on into the second round. And the number eight Notre Dame Fighting Irish would defeat Butler in a great rivalry game. Is it possible that Bonzi Colson could be back by then? Would it be crazy to think Notre Dame, who's continued to fight and done a great job, shorthanded, without both Bonzi Colson and Matt Farrell, is it possible that Bonzi could come back late and get a couple big wins in the ACC tournament, putting them in in that 8-9 game, being as alive at 8 seed as we've seen in a very long time? According to the 1998 bracket, if that were to hold, it would happen. Two big upsets would be in the next region. South Dakota State, led by Mike Dom, one of our most valuable players. Max value player would defeat Tennessee. There's your 12-5 upset. South Dakota State would advance. And who would they be playing? East Tennessee State. Who would use their style, their press, their up and down to get by Clemson and upset Clemson in the 12 versus 13 game. Moving down, I'm going to put Providence ahead of a shorthanded Maryland team and have them go up against Gonzaga and have them defeat Gonzaga, sending out last year's NCAA finalist against a veteran. Providence team, the fighting at Cooley's. Big win over Xavier. Haven't really come together yet. Could sneak in, but imagine them getting hot, following the path of a VCU. I'll have Providence going on to the second round, defeating Gonzaga, just like in 1998. The 11 seed moved on. They would face Kansas, who would defeat Montana as the three seed. Then on the bottom, Missouri. The Missouri Tigers would upend and upset Miami. Could Michael Porter be back? Is that possible? Could the Tigers, from a tough SEC, sharpen their teeth and get hot for Quanzo Martin? They would move on against the number two seed, Wichita State, who would dispose of Drake. Next round, Sweet 16, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, after facing rival Butler, would then go face rival Purdue and defeat Purdue and move on as that live 8-9 game representative into the Sweet 16. And who would they face? The Southern Conference representative, the East Tennessee State Buccaneers, and their three-pointers aplenty that they fire up would then upend South Dakota and would move on to the Sweet 16 out of the Southern Conference. What a great story that would be. On the bottom of that bracket, the Kansas Jayhawks would get rid of the Fighting Ed Coolies, proving again with their big wins, proving again with tight games that they've stepped up. And they're still back in first place, even though they look so vulnerable and have no bench. Mitch Lightfoot is playing a lot of minutes, but the comeback at West Virginia proves that they're going to be a tough out. They would move on to the Sweet 16, and they would play the number two-seeded Wichita State Shockers in a fantastic intrastate rivalry game. Remember, Wichita State beat them a few years ago. They were even actually favored. In the second round, I think it was a 7-10 game versus the number two. They were favored. This time, be three versus two. Going to the Elite Eight. Notre Dame would find a way, again, to get by East Tennessee State. What a story this would be for Mike Bray. 
Coulson returns, Farrell returns, and they're in the Elite Eight, and they would face the Kansas Jayhawks, the number three seed who would get Wichita State back and end their dream in what would be a phenomenally intense, strong-willed, passionate rivalry game. And then the Final Four representative between Notre Dame and Kansas would be the Kansas Jayhawks, the three seed. Just like in 98, it was Stanford defeating Rhode Island. And Rhode Island in the prior round as the eighth seed had to beat Valpo. Remember Bryce Drew, Homer Drew? That was their run. That would be East Tennessee State this year. No one expected Valpo to beat Mississippi in round one. No one expected Valpo to beat Florida State. And they just continued moving forward. But just like Rhode Island played Stanford and Stanford won to move into the Final Four that year in 98, the same would be true of Kansas defeating Notre Dame, ending their dream. And they would move on to be the Midwest representative in the Final Four. And now let's look at the South region. In the South region, a fairly chalky bracket as well here. Only one upset. And it doesn't happen right away. Virginia would defeat Florida Gulf Coast. That's a tough 16 seed. But Virginia's defense would clamp down with Tony Bennett and move on. They would face Nevada, who would dispose of Texas. The Nevada Wolfpack, who who were making the Elite Eight the last time I did this. Back in September, they made the Elite Eight. This time would defeat and would play Virginia. Five and four seeds would hold. Cincinnati would defeat Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky would be the Conference USA representative. Kentucky would defeat Louisiana and would move on for a great Cincinnati-Kentucky second-round matchup. In the bottom, number six, Ohio State would defeat Boise State from the Mountain West. Keita Bates-Diop, arguably, besides Trey Young, player of the year. And they would face Xavier, who would defeat William & Mary. The only upset in the first round would be the following. The number 10, Louisville Cardinals. What a story this would be. After Rick Pitino, Brian Bowen, all those issues would upset the number seven Florida Gators and it would be a very high scoring game. They would be the only upset and they would face West Virginia who would defeat Pennsylvania out of the Ivy League. Moving into the second round, Virginia would win what I think would be a phenomenal second round game against Nevada. Moving on to play Cincinnati who would defeat Kentucky in a slight upset 5-4. On the bottom, Ohio State would defeat Xavier. That would not surprise anyone at all the way they're playing with Chris Holtman guiding them. And they would face West Virginia, who would end the Louisville dream. In the Elite Eight, Virginia would take out Cincinnati. First of 40 wins that game with that defense. Mick Cronin with a nice run, but it would end. Virginia would go into the Elite Eight, and they would play West Virginia, who would defeat Ohio State. Setting up a Virginia-West Virginia matchup. Again, this would be a great tournament. Imagine if this was the case. And in this case, if 1998 held... Just as Kentucky beat Duke that year with that big comeback, West Virginia would defeat Virginia and would move on to the Final Four. So our Final Four teams over here would be Kansas out of the Midwest, playing West Virginia out of the South, meaning our Final Four is set. Number one, Villanova. Number three, Michigan State. Number three, Kansas. And number two, West Virginia. In the Final Four, what would happen? Villanova would get upset by Michigan State. The one seed, Villanova be the number one seed in the entire tournament, would lose to Michigan State and Tom Izzo as they would march into the Final Four like Utah did that year from that three spot in that West region. And they would face on the other side the West Virginia Mountaineers who would have to have a big comeback but would defeat Kansas to move into the finals. West Virginia, Michigan State. How great would that be? Tom Izzo, Miles Bridges returning for a national championship, succeeding and getting there. 
versus West Virginia, Bob Huggins, when he has great guards like a Deshaun Butler or Javon Carter, he usually delivers and he would again to the finals this time. And in this game, if it followed for him in 98, the West Virginia Mountaineers would be your national champion, defeating Michigan State in what would be a tremendous game. What else could we ask for? If you had a Final Four of Villanova and Michigan State, Kansas and West Virginia, how incredible would that be? A Big 12 matchup, Michigan State on the mission to return with all the seniors, Villanova becoming a dominant program now, top five nationally, year in, year out. That would be a great Final Four. And this would be a great tournament. We'd have upsets along the way. We'd have that great 12-13 matchup in the Midwest between South Dakota State and East Tennessee State. We'd have that 11-14 matchup between Alabama and Wright State knocking out North Carolina. We'd have the Syracuse Orangemen doing it again, stopping Trey Young and moving forward. And we'd have the eight-seed Notre Dame Fighting Irish behind Bonzi Colson and Matt Farrell, the senior leadership, and Mike Bray, overcoming all odds and hitting the Elite Eight, making the Elite Eight. That would be a phenomenal tournament. And you laugh, because when you fill out your brackets, and when Gus and I do all our prep for the NCAA tournament, you have to think outside the box. How many people would pick Wright State over North Carolina? It's going to happen. Something's going to happen. So you can't be traditional. This would have one, one seed in it. And if you look at the bracketology right now, Villanova, Duke, Virginia, Purdue, hard to say. I think most of America would not pick Virginia to the Final Four. I don't think they would. I don't know if they pick West Virginia after they lost to Kansas. Some would pick Ohio State. Some would pick Xavier. Purdue, even though they're dominating, they have everything right now. Right now, they are the best team in the nation. The Purdue Boilermakers are the best team in the nation right now. But they would face a Notre Dame team that is not a typical eight. And that would be a struggle. Wichita State would look like it had an easy draw, right? But they'd run into Kansas. And even though they usually beat Kansas and have done well against Kansas, Kansas would exact revenge. Bill Self doing it again just when everyone had buried him, myself included. And in the West, you'd have Michigan State, a live three, coming together, beating Iona, beating TCU, beating Syracuse, and then going up against Duke in a huge Goliath matchup. The ratings would be off the chart for this. This is what you want. What America wants, and you know this as college basketball fans, is you want the upsets early, but you want the traditional powers in the Final Four. You do. That's what brings people to watch. The casual fan, if you will. My wife, if you will. So folks, don't forget about the past. 20 years ago, this March, this was the tournament that occurred. This was the upsets. These were the seats. Could it happen again? Absolutely. I took Joe Lenardi's Bracketology. I looked at 98. I put it together. And that's what you come up with. Villanova, Michigan State, Kansas, and West Virginia. Gosh, I can't wait for this tournament. 